Hello everyone, and welcome to Root Tap Radio, the Green Witches podcast to all things flora, fauna, and spiritual. I'm your host, Bree, and every week we'll cover topics to help feed you in knowledge and in spirit. Merry meet, witches! Thank you for joining me in the first official episode of Root Tap Radio. I hope everyone is staying well and making time for you this week. This week's episode is covering what it means to be a green witch. Where do we hail from? What do we do? How do we differ from other witches? And can the term hedge witch be interchangeable with green? Let's get into it and find out. What is a green witch? Green witchcraft is a subgenre within witchcraft. It's a deeply personal path outside of any creed like Wicca or Druidism. A green witch from any origin is all the same. While it's technically impossible to initiate into a green witch path because it's unlike any other order or tradition, a green witch can be born into the craft or choose the path and learn by self-study or complete an apprenticeship with a willing master. For those of you who identify as a green witch, I'd love to hear how you were called to this path. Personally, I have always had a love of plants and the earth, but my journey started about 10 years ago when I started practicing druidry, but no one was there to guide me, so I self-studied and initiated on my own. So what does a green witch do? There are no additional ethics, moral codes, or general pomp and circumstance for the green witch. We are just simple people. This is because most of us are solitaries, but because you hold these ethics naturally, it's unnecessary because of knowing yourself and your environment. The earth's flow is your creed and her betterment is your code of ethics. It's far easier to work with the rhythm than go against it for some code someone tells you you have to follow. This is my personal favorite aspect because there is nothing worse than someone telling you how to do you. The path is much more than just having an affinity for plants or herbal medicine. It's about being open and being in tune with the earth and her rhythms. It's living the wheel of the year, following the ebb and flow of nature and adjusting our lives accordingly. It's almost like yoga finding what feels good. This extends much further than just your spiritual practice because it becomes a way of life. More often than not, a green witch has a natural mindset when it comes to your body, healing, your home, and we are fierce when it comes to our passions. It's a common joke that green witches are pacifists, but let me tell you, there's nothing passive about me when it comes to the protection of my herbs that live outside. Or inside, I have cats, they decide they want to eat them. Now you may wonder why I haven't used any other word for green witch. That's because when you break it down, terms like hedge witch or kitchen witch are not the same. Hedge witches are a lot like green witches in that they are path apart. They can come from any creed, any path, doesn't matter. They have a holistic mindset, but this term is incorrect to be used interchangeably because a hedge witch is someone who travels 
betwixt and between and channels. And Green Witch is much more focused on the physical realm, whereas Hedge Witch uses her herbs to travel through the spirit realms and the spirit planes. A Kitchen Witch is similar in that they're, again, someone who uses plants frequently, but this witch doesn't always have the same strong affinity for the earth as the Green Witch does. Their magics can intertwine as many from both paths use herbal or hearth magic, but this doesn't make them the same. Let's look at it this way. If you're talking to your plants like your cat or your dog, then you're a green witch. Do green witches worship deities? Not all the time. We may choose to worship the earth as a deity. Um, like trees or the ground itself, maybe the sun or the moon. Some people like to just work with the higher energy, the spirit, um, and don't use any deity or deity figure at all. Some may use the primordial deities like Gaia or Uranus or Nyx, while others, myself included, work with healer deities, such as Brigid from the Celtic Pantheon, or maybe Chiron and Hecate from the Greek Pantheon, or Sekhmet from the Egyptian. Green witches are environmentalists and focus on the good of the planet. While there are many fluffy aspects to a green witch's life, like plants or babies and tree hugging, if you haven't hugged a tree and you're a green witch, what is wrong with you? <laughs> the grit is that they focus on the earth. Like your local environment or the planet, doesn't matter. Humanity and yourself. Green witches are activists for the planet, whether it's on a grand scale or in their own backyard. We may clean up neighborhoods, march in the protests, Donate to charities, sponsor pet adoptions, sell food at a local farmer's market. All these things to help better our communities, the planet, and ourselves. So where can you start learning more about green witchcraft? Seeing as you may be somebody who is self-study or is working with someone and just wants a little bit more I am a huge advocate for reading. I love my local library and I have way too many books. Who am I kidding? That's not possible. Anyway, check out these authors at your local library or they don't sponsor me, but I love them. Bookstore.com. You can use it for, I believe, Canada and U.S., um, but this website, when you buy from them, they support your local bookstore by giving back a portion of your purchase. So authors could include Scott Cunningham, John Gerald, Nicholas Culpepper, Paige Vanderbeck. If you haven't heard of her podcast, I highly recommend. I've been a huge fan of her since she started. She goes by the fat feminist witch you can find her all over social media absolutely love page 
And the last author I have is Anne Murphy Hancock. I have a ton of her books, really concise and small books. One of the most popular, to be honest with you. Herbs of the Week. Now, I did mention in the intro that we will be covering a couple herbs a week. The energy they give off, elements that they're associated with, where they come from, what deity is associated with them, and things you can do to help grow them better. Oregano is our first. This is a fierce warrior or a mother who does a lot of work in protection and healing of all kinds. Oregano's element is air. Its name means mountain happiness, and it was given as marital well wishes. This herb is known for Aphrodite. And to connect to this spirit, you come with joy and humble asking of protection. Offer it a seashell or a rose quartz maybe to hold. Oregano enjoys full sun and make sure that you don't overwater them. So many people come to me wondering what is going on with their herbs, how, or their plants in general, how they tell me all the time I kill every single one of my plants. I find more often than not that people are just overwatering. Roll a thumb, water every 14 days and do a soil check. Go from there. If the soil is dry, then that's a good amount of time. If you check the soil after two weeks and it's still damp, wait another week. And if it's bone dry, then it needs to be more like 10 days. It is possible to overlove your plants. Our next herb is basil. Basil is associated with Mars, the masculine, fertility, a king energy, a fiery energy, and is widely used in love spells and easing cramping. To connect to this vivacious spirit, connect by courage and warmth. Offerings could include red jasper or cat's eye. Because basil's element is Mars, that's going to be Aries. As you know, Both oregano and basil are herbs that are commonly used in kitchen witchcraft or just as a seasoning in general. It doesn't have to have a magical intention, though we definitely want it to. Our final herb this week is catnip. Catnip is associated with the water element. It's an upbeat and playful energy. Pink is often associated with catnip. And its deities are Venus and Bast. Bast for an obvious reason. This is a very feminine plant and is used in love spells, nightmare protection, enchantments, and glamour. It would especially love moon water, rose quartz, or a lighter color amethyst. Connecting with catnip, you come to it with that playful inner child headspace. It's very good for inner child work or connecting with your cats. Every week, I'll do a short bit of a famous witch. Now, there are going to be some witches that I cover that may be controversial, 
that I may not do a complete and thorough job of covering my my intention is to get you curious is to make you aware of these witches and please go do research on your own I am only planting that seed so this week's witch is someone who is extremely influential but there is so little information about her name was mrs hutton little is known about the actual mrs hutton with the exception of that she lived in shropshire england in the 1700s but this wonderful healer altered medicine so much that we are still feeling the effects today i imagine the scenario played out this way A gentleman with heart failure is bone-weary from traveling doctor to doctor, disheartened because none of their medicines are helping, let alone curing his disease. He hears of a healer. She is also described as a botanist or a traveler, though history doesn't reflect which is true, and makes all haste her way because what does he have to lose? Much to everyone's surprise, Mrs. Hutton knows her stuff and cures the man. Fully healed, he trots on back to his physician, and a new player in our story, William Withering, to tell him about the woman who healed him, and old Withering picks up and goes to plead with her for the cure so he may study it. So what was in the brew she gave him? The active ingredient is foxglove. Withering tested the concoction on 160 people and noticed that it was extremely useful for those with scarlet fever or strep throat, which leads to heart damage if untreated. Today, we know the compound in foxglove that works so well is digoxin. Sound familiar? It's in modern, western heart and blood pressure meds. Mrs. Hutton's medicine lives on even today, which is just so astounding to me. So there you have it, the mother of modern heart and blood pressure medication. Like I said, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of information about Mrs. Hutton. So this is not somebody that you're going to be able to find more information on. But I found it so interesting that a woman is the person who founded most of our heart and blood pressure medication that we still use today. And it just amazes me that no one bothered to document much about her. As we wrap up, I hope this was insightful to those of you who want to become a green witch or was a nice refresher for those of you who have been practicing for years like myself. Maybe it made you think about what being a green witch means to you. Thank you all so much for tuning in. You can follow me on social media at root underscore tap underscore radio on Instagram, Facebook, or you can write me at root tap underscore radio at yahoo.com. I hope you have a beautiful week ahead. And until next time, merry part, my friends.